Hey there, it's Sam Piercy, and I want to welcome you to Money Minding Today. I am your host, and today's topic is It's a Wonderful Life. And before we get going, I think I'm going to read you the summary of today's show as an introduction. And uh, that is small things repeated consistently produce the biggest results in the shortest amount of time. This applies both positively and negatively. And if you view life from what you don't have, you can set up a pattern that is poverty motivated. This can sometimes appear as greed, but the root is still the influence of the spirit of mammon. And we're going to talk about this in a second. This pattern of thought also happens in a continuous denial of dreams and desires that I see sadly too often amongst people who are afraid to dream. See, over the years, I've heard from financial professionals, church leaders, and people from all economic backgrounds, the various reasons why they think that looking at desires is dangerous and sets up a pattern of continuously chasing more while still living in lack. And what we're going to look at today is why that actually is the opposite of what we would intellectually kind of make sense, but not really when you get right down to the root. The reality is somewhere in between, really, because God gives each of us desires, and with those, he gives us the ability to fulfill them. Behind every desire is either a Holy Spirit motivation or an Antichrist spirit of mammon that twists what God intended for good and instead fuels poverty, not biblical prosperity. The result of that is self-effort, frustration, uncertainty, and misdirected trust. And so today, let's dive in and explore some practical strategies for redirecting financial decision-making towards our Heavenly Father for His direction, His provision, and fulfillment of desires for His purposes. And when we talk about desires, we're talking about more than just our bare necessities. And I think right there is where people get scared. So let's start with a word of prayer. Ah, Dear Lord, we thank you for life. We thank you that you are the bread of life and that it's your word that is our our very life. It's your word that's our strength, it's our joy and our peace. It's your word that guides us in every step and uh, never leaves us or forsakes us, that you are always there. We thank you that you have created us for unique purposes as your body working together. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for us to have relationship with the Father through Holy Spirit, that we may live the abundant life that you came to provide. And we pray with all gratitude for the wonders that are above all we can ask or think according to your power at work through our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So as we get going, let me start with a couple of things here. We are going to talk about mammon and we're going to talk about desires and we're going to talk about needs and wants. But first of all, let me direct you to moneymindingtoday.com. There you can enter your name and email and you will have access to a free bonus that I give to people that come from the radio show. This week's uh, free resource is an ebook that I wrote called Accepting Financial 
financial advice. You also can join my Village of Blessings. That's an online free community and you can, once registered for the membership, have access to all kinds of ebooks. There's a prayer report, there's a, a another one called Prosperity Seeds and Money Miss. There is a growing inventory of resources and tools and templates and different things for applying the concepts and getting started with the concepts of money minding to realize financial grace in your life. And you can also, when you go and sign in at moneymindingtoday.com, you can also get access to ask your own questions and make comments uh, on the show topics or even submit a suggestion for a future topic. There's a lot of, of training and online opportunities to connect beginning this month. And so I look forward to sharing more and it's all happens when you enter your name and email and uh, just stay tuned. It's about building community and it's about taking it one step at a time. Those small things repeated consistently, producing the biggest results in the shortest amount of time. So the work I do and the focus of this show is about connecting the spiritual truths that we find in God's word with the practical world of money that we live in today. I have a 30-year history in and around financial services, including teaching the financial curriculum for financial advisors and having my own financial literacy business for uh, marketing and for training both clients and advisors. So I, I've got a unique perspective on the Word of God and the world of money. And when I say that, a lot of it happened in the last mm, inside of 10 years um, in the aftermath of a very dramatic financial loss. So I've had some personal experience managing millions of dollars, but I've also had the experience of uh, tremendous losses and recovery from that. And so a lot of what you'll find here is the practical steps. How do you actually live through this on a day-to-day -day basis? One of the unique experiences I had was teaching budgeting to a a multi-multi-millionaire, probably close to a billionaire. And how does that work? And why do these things happen? Those are, are interesting questions because I've also taught financial basics to at-risk street youth. And so the concepts are applicable regardless of your age, regardless of your financial knowledge, regardless of your economic background. We can always, always learn because the world of money is so dynamic and constantly changing. So there are three keys to this whole process though. I call the process money minding and it really is a 12-step process that expands on financial planning principles to include the values-based approach and it is system systematic in helping you make decisions. The result is what we call financial grace. It's not financial independence. It's not financial success. It's financial grace because it puts Jesus, it puts the Lord right in the middle of every area of your personal finances. So there's three keys though that I am going to be continuously talking about on the Money Mining Today show. And number one is the necessity of a godly vision with a specific price tag that drives your day-to-day -day financial decision-making. 
beyond just the money that you can see or assume that you'll see in the future. The other thing is the necessity of a system to manage the flow of money in and out of your life. When I talk about a system of money to a system to manage the flow of money, I'm not just talking about budgeting and I'm talking about even more than a cash flow forecast or a cash flow flow model. What we're talking about is an orderly implementation for using the tools of finance today. Those are things like your bank accounts, like your credit cards, um, the various loans and leases and insurance and investments and all the various tax and estate planning tools and rules and regulations within the current geographical area that you live in, in the current economic environment of the day. The third key is that God calls each of us individually and he gives each of us unique set of skills, passions, experiences, connections, ideas, etc. And he will direct us to plant and produce a harvest of income that will feed us as well as overflow to others and our next two generations with all thanksgiving to him. So let's go back and look at this concept of it's a wonderful life. And specifically starting with this, that whole spirit of mammon and the concept of desires. Desires come from God. He provides the fulfillment according to his plans and his purposes. But our enemy, Satan, and his powers and principalities, they have come for one purpose, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy what God intends for good. Now, mammon is the spiritual power that is associated with money. Often, we have associated mammon with greed and excessive desire, and that is one manifestation of it, but it also comes with a poverty mindset as well. Mammon is very, very sneaky. See, money and economic powers are of the world. But the tools of money are what we need to know how to use for good. So we live by God's word, but we still need to know how to use the tools of the day. We have been taught to deal with money based on our own efforts and abilities, which is not of God. Really, what happens right there is it sets up a, an opportunity for the spirit of mammon because we are starting with what we can see, not with the word of God. The result of this is twisted financial beliefs to fit with the reality that can be seen and can be managed based on our own self-efforts. This has created a whole range of subjective views about what's appropriate and what we should or should not do. Um, it's even created a subjective uh, rule that each of us individually has about what is an appropriate desire or why it, this is also why people resist talking about any aspect of money unless of course it's absolutely necessary this twisted belief this kind of half truth has created the walls that have gone up and the strongholds in belief and the subjective opinions about what is is or is not appropriate and so i'm not going to tell you what is or is not appropriate 
my purpose here is to direct you to a system and to that will connect you to the Word of God so that through prayer and through your own relationship and through Holy Spirit working in your life, you can have the confidence to go out and ask some questions and to make some decisions in order to fulfill the plans and the purposes that God has for you based on your individual and unique desires. He's not going to say, no, you can't do that. If he's called you to it, he's going to show you how. But that is in all likelihood going to require you to step out of your comfort zone and ask some different kinds of questions. See, money is the only area of God's blessing that requires other people to be involved. Because in, uh, in our world, wealth comes from some sort of a transaction. And that means that financial blessings come through community. Community requires relationship with each other, with God as the foundation, and the Word of God as the truth for weighing our decisions and our strategies. But relationship means communication. And then knowledge of the tools of our day are implemented according to God's Word with other people. Um, according to the unique desires and skills and interests, etc., etc. This is one of the reasons why I'm constantly uh, encouraging you and asking you to go to moneymindingtoday.com and enter your name and email and to join the Village of Blessings once you've done that because there are opportunities for us to connect as a community. We don't do money on our own. So let's talk about a wonderful life. And many people know the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a 70-year-old movie chronicling the life of a young boy who grew up with strong moral values in a town outside of New York. The movie's set in the 1930s, and it includes all kinds of financial lessons, as well as the, the real feel-good lesson of the relationship at the end of the movie, if you know the story. And if you don't, let's just give a quick summary. See, the boy's father founded a small building and loan company and was known in the community for helping people move out of rental units and into homes of their own. The arch rival is the greedy business tycoon who is attempting to own all the land, the utilities and the bank and to control the people. The boy, George Bailey, has grand dreams to, to travel the world and to build big buildings and all of those dreams seem to be continuously delayed and pushed aside while he continued to do the right thing in order to keep the building and loan alive and to help the people within the community stay out of the hands of the greedy Mr. Potter who was the business tycoon. Despite having a beautiful wife and children a financial crisis leave, left George seriously pondering suicide as his only way out from the foreseeable consequences of the financial loss. And with a series of all of this be on top of the series of delayed and seemingly denied dreams, George had lost hope of realizing the desires of his life. And it was an angelic visitation by an angel named Clarence who showed George what his life would have been like if he hadn't have been born, and including the immoral demise of the quaint little community to which he felt so trapped. Instead of the town being called Bedford Falls, it was actually called Pottersville, after the greedy tycoon whose tactics included the high rents and the fees, and, and all of this limited the people's abilities to realize their desires, including the strong 
a strong common desire that we all share, which is to live in peaceful and restful homes. And of course, Isaiah 32:18 tells us that my people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. And so in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, we see what happens when desires are sabotaged or when they are, are withheld. People get stressed, even though they might try to sacrifice and they might try to to um, adapt but often the adaptation will turn to fulfillment in some other ways like uh, um, alcohol or drugs or sex or or in some cases in today's credit society excessive shopping there is an unfulfilled desire and that gets shifted somehow and there's clues in our desires and all of those clues should lead us back to the Word of God. In the the end of the movie, George realized that the life that he had was actually really good and he wanted to return to it despite the consequences that were waiting for him. And instead of the disgrace and the bankruptcy that he, he was imminent, he was met with the community of friends coming together to contribute whatever little bit they had in order to say thank you to George for the fairness and the sacrifice that he had shown to them over the years so that they could experience the desires of their homes, for example. The angel Clarence gave the viewers a great line about community and financial success at the end of the movie when he said, remember George, no man is a failure who has friends. So let's take a look at some practical tips that we can glean from this story. God knows and he is in control of the plans and the desires for your life, for each of our lives. Proverbs 16.9 tells us, In our hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes our steps. Psalm t uh, 20 verse 4 says, May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. And Psalm 37 4, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. So that really leads us to a great question of what is the desire of our heart? See, apparently George, who was a man of high moral and clearly did great work in the lives of others, he said himself that he was not a praying man. So our first practical tip is that prayer is our first priority. Prayer connects us with the Lord. Prayer connects us with the Lord's plan for our lives. It also connects us with his plans for all of humanity because we are his body and we are all working together simultaneously to fulfill his purposes. So, and that through prayer will help us understand the motivation and the root of a desire because that's what comes from God. Desires aren't bad and everyone has different ones. We tend to think of materialism as being this negative, but as we've talked about before on Money Mining today, there are clues in those material desires about a true motivation, something that is much bigger than what we can immediately see. And even materialism on its own, it does have the uh, capacity to bless others. Whenever we make a transaction, we are doing exchange and that purchase will provide 
revenue and income to the business owner, which enables him to hire other people and purchase goods and services. And there is an overflowing blessing. So we have to be careful to not twist that half truth. And a lot of this comes as we under we gain a deeper knowledge, but also as we connect that to God's unlimited creativity and his plans for increasing. So understanding our motivation is the first practical tip that we can gain from this story of It's a Wonderful Life. George desired to travel and to build buildings and to change the world, and he was actually already doing that. But he didn't have a foundation of gratitude behind his desires. And see, when desires are restricted or denied or misplaced, they can lead to attempts to fulfill them through immoral activities, or they can mask our our true motivation and they can keep us from connecting with the Lord Jesus. We can see this through uh, studies in poverty and how people, how when people are restricted from their basic needs, one of them is the fulfillment of the desires or the capacity to fulfill desires. It will lead to ultimately attempts to self-gratify in other ways. And so in the story we see that George was shown the demise of his quaint little community because he wasn't there with the high moral standards and the community fell under the influence of the greedy tycoon who was trying to uh, keep the people impoverished. And so in the, the community then was influenced by a lot of bars and a lot of sex and a lot of, of, um, of uh, just that whole boisterous drunken kind of behavior not the quaint little community that he knew. And so what is the answer to all of this? Well, when you have a desire, the answer is not to deny it and not to sacrifice or not to to just look at it def- deferring indefinitely, but instead to give the desire to God to fulfill, which then leads us to the next question of, well, how? Well, practically, knowing the cost of the desire is the first step. And I talked about that at the beginning of the show. We have to be able to articulate the price in dollars and cents in order to be able to then implement an income generating system in order to fulfill those desires. That's take the seeds that God's given us and to plant them in order to produce income. This means that we aren't going out to acquire a desire or gambling for it or chasing some sort of once in a lifetime opportunity. We saw this in the movie uh, with the whole plastics. There was a theme of the plastics industry and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Take every penny you have and and misplaced trust or this this sense of urgency that is not rooted in God's desires to do that will create this this sense of not enough or not good enough or got to do it now and it, you know I, I think we've probably all fallen into that where it's like oh, I about I have to do it now or I might not have an opportunity again and really giving thanks in all circumstances, regardless of what we can see or not see, uh, and being strong enough to be able to say, no, not now, I think I'll wait. That requires faith for today 
and putting our hope in Christ Jesus as opposed to hoping in something that is that can change and we it means hoping on the word of god it means standing in faith because hope and faith are very much intertwined but they are very different faith is today and hope is something in the future it means that we d- need to know him who gives us the desires who gives us the strength who gives us the life who provides for our needs but he provides more than our needs he provides the wisdom and desires are more than just to exist and yes we do see poverty existing around the world but if you read the word of god from the perspective of the financial realm <laughs> you'll see that God doesn't, he says, yes, the poor you will always have, but that doesn't mean it's his people. And we do live in the world, so we have to understand that those are issues that we live with. But within that world and within the confines of the financial world, we can still have the fulfillment of the desires as we give those to him and as we let him bring them to fruition and we can realize them in small bite-sized pieces. The small things repeated consistently produce a foundation of fulfillment that produces confidence, that produces, uh, it does bring other blessings into our life. It produces something that can be sown uh, again and again. One of the lessons I learned early on was that you don't get wealthy by selling things. You get wealthy by owning assets and assets that produce immediate income are your target because when you've got an immediate income, you have something that will feed you, but will also enable you to uh, give back to the Lord, give back to the causes of the Lord, give to other people and have some to continue to replant. It's an immediate income that we're after because that fulfills some kind of a small desire that is in accordance with the word of God. All right, another practical tip is knowing and acting so that you are building community for financial benefit, not just for yourself, because money doesn't happen by yourself. And how do you start to do that? Well, you have to understand, or we all have to understand that we have become accustomed to money being this sacred taboo topic that nobody wants to talk about. And yet you don't see that in the word of God. You see the community coming together. You see the community providing for others who have less. It was all done out in the open. And yet our society today has made it very much a private thing where we just look at what we can see on the outside and nobody ever talks about how much money they earn and so we're assuming and when we assume it sets up a pattern of comparison and that that pattern of comparison opens the door to that spirit of mammon which says you're not good enough or you can't or you don't have enough or you need to do it now and all of those that that poverty driven lack and that is the point of it's a wonderful life is we don't lack we have something good we have gratitude we can find gratitude 
in all circumstances because because God will give us, he does give us something that we can plant. And in my own experience, sharing about financial loss and struggles uh, that my family has lived through and how God has provided and directed us, it's helped others to share about their own struggles with debt or maxed out credit cards or lost money or being taken advantage of in fraud or fears of not realizing dreams. It's a really big deal to wake up and look around and realize that the dreams that you have had, they seem so far away. It's that yawning chasm of a gap. And really, the yawning chasm between where you are and where you hope to be, where God is leading you, is where we find Him and where we connect with Him and then we overflow into that love and that abundance to others. And we all prosper together as the community prospers, so will you. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you give us desires. I thank you that you are the Almighty, that you are the infinite creator, that you are the God of increase, and that you created each of us with unique desires for such a time as this, for increasing your kingdom, for increasing your blessings, for overflowing that love that you have for each of us, for bringing the wonderful life to our own lives, to our own families, to our own communities. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for your provision of our needs as well as our desires and our wants according to your plans and your purposes. And we pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. And so as we close today, I, I, I do bid you a wonderful life and I encourage you again to visit moneybindingtoday.com, enter your name and email and sign up for access to my online members area called A Village of Blessings. And uh, you get all the show archives and the notes, a bunch of other free resources and eBooks and the discussion questions for you to gather around and begin to shift the financial conversation. So have a great week and God bless.